Thank you so much for listening to the Christ Church Collective Podcast. This is your host, Jared Sparks and Andy Clark. All right, well, welcome to the Christ Church Collective Podcast. This is episode number three. Andy, you doing good? Yeah, doing great. How are you? Good. Okay, can you tell what you just passed? Like what just happened with sure. Southern yeah. Illinois Meatball Company? Or So Ill Meatball Company? Yeah. So what what just, where'd you just come from today? Sure, just came from our first inspection uh, for our mobile food company, Southern Illinois Meatballs. And uh, we are we are opening up a small mobile food cart. So think hot dog cart, but instead of hot dogs, think meatballs and meatball subs, gourmet meatballs and meatball subs, handmade. And so, are you, how are you going to let everybody know that you're open and location so we can come? Sure, we'll be doing it through uh, Facebook, through Twitter. Um, we're trying to do some. Um, advertisement, maybe even on the radio, uh, just to let people know that we're open and we've got great meatballs. <laughs> cool. If you guys haven't got Andy's meatballs yet, they're very, very good, and you should uh, talk to him about it and find the food cart and get some food. Okay, today we want to talk about family equipping. Our church is a family equipping model church. It is a little bit different than a family integrated church. And quite a bit different than a traditional kind of church model that has uh, youth ministry, children's ministry, and kind of a college ministry, prime time ministry, that sort of thing. So we just why don't we pray and then uh, we prayed before this, but we might as well pray, pray again and then we'll kind of talk through a few things. So Father, just help us as we talk about this, and I thank you for the people of Christ Church Carbonell. What a privilege it is to love them and and be be a church family with them. And I ask that you'd help Andy and I as we talk about family equipping. That, and I just want this to be uh, helpful and uh, bring some clarity as to why we kind of do some of the things we do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me just take you back. I think you know this, but in 2007 or eight, a gentleman named Vody Bacham, he wrote a book called Family Driven Faith. And at the time, I guess it was 2008 when I read it, but I was pastoring a church in Heron. And we really didn't even know that we set out to plant a church, but we ended up planting this church. And none of our none of us had any kids yet. I think we had maybe like a couple people in the church with kids. And so we built this real like wooden box of a room for a nursery. And it was, I mean, ghetto was all get out. It was literally like a wooden box of plywood. <laughs> and uh, it weighed like a thousand pounds. And if it would have, it, it was crazy. But I read Family Driven Faith by Vody Bauckham, and several people in the church read that, and Vody Bauckham's argument basically is that youth ministry is not working, and it's unbiblical. And he said as much. I mean, he said it's not working, and it's unbiblical. And the book was really compelling for several reasons, but it was right when I'd left college when I read it, and I had studied youth ministry in college, and one of the things that was alarming when I was in school, is that all these studies were coming out about my generation. I don't know if you remember this or not, but all these studies were coming out about how this is the last Christian generation. And Josh McDowell actually wrote a book in 2006 that, with that title, Last Christian Generation. Hmm. And all these statistics were coming out about how youth ministry is not working. And I'm reading about this as I'm actually in school studying youth ministry. And so all these youth programs 
and youth events and youth culture were exploding. And yet simultaneously to all this, there's all these statistics coming out saying that youth ministry is not working and that younger people are leaving the church and not returning. Mm -hmm. And so there was this collision of ideals in my mind of, well, if it's not working, why are we continuing to just try harder at things that clearly we're seeing are not working? So I really started to wrestle biblically, you know, with this of what, what do we do with, okay, is youth ministry biblical is these kind of like silo mod have you did you have experience with like silo do you know what silo youth ministry is yeah okay absolutely say what that is so i grew up in a a very traditional church until i was 14 years old there was sunday school but during the um during the sunday morning service all the kids um you know birth through you know 18 were in the service with us and then at 14 we changed to a, a different church there was a church split and all that stuff but when we got to this new church, there was a dynamic, large, growing youth ministry that was very compelling to me at the time. And it was just, it was really how God drew me into the faith and believing the gospel for the first time was through this through this youth ministry. So, so that is to say that God used youth ministry in your life. Oh, absolutely. He did in my life as well. There are a lot of things that, that youth ministry gets right. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll go into that in just a minute. But um, so I... I from 14 on through college, I, I was involved in a in this very large youth ministry. The youth pastor said it was the the premier youth ministry in the Asheville area. Hmm. And so um, just every we did everything big. And there was, there was a lot of excitement. There were mission trips to New York City. There was uh, a, a huge focus on evangelism, um, which was which is really awesome. But what what happened um, was a lot of the folks in that youth ministry grew to love the youth ministry, mm. and yet were not a part of the church. They yeah, they good. they loved the the preaching uh, and the and the youth services, the music that we played. Um, but it really felt like two different churches under the same roof. Yeah. One geared towards younger folks, and then one that was for everybody else. And when we sort of graduated out of youth ministry. It it felt like we didn't have anywhere to go because there was no, um, there was no real involvement in the in the larger church. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of the things that that silo youth ministry uh, does, or when we say silo, it means gathering all the students. Uh, of certain ages and siloing them off or, or separating them from so like the, a, the majority of their time is yeah. spent with each other. It's like yeah, peer, exactly. peer to peer with a few adults. Yeah. And, but a majority of their time is spent together. Yes. And with, and with some adult leaders, but, um, there, we have, we had our own service, uh, on Wednesday nights. We had our own service on Sunday nights and, um, there was just a, a very large, um, there was a feeling of separation yeah. that was there. Um, so the the things that they got right, I think, were were the emphasis on and intentionality on reaching out to students because right. we want to make sure that we're always not letting anybody fall through the cracks. Yeah. We want to intentionally find people and disciple them and, and, and pour into them and, and, and challenge them to share the gospel. But... What what it went wrong in is an ecclesiology. Yeah, uh, there was a just a poor understanding of what the church is and how they how we operate together. And so so why don't you talk about uh, maybe some of the weaknesses well, in ecclesiology? Yeah, well, and I think um, and okay, yeah, we'll get to that. But I want to kind of back up a little bit first sure. because I think you hit the nail on the head 
on something really important. I think in youth ministry, it's it's easy as a local church to pour resources, time, energy, prayer into our children and every step of the way of their development. So their cognitive development as a young child is different than it is during adolescent years. And so we want to make things as applicable as possible, you know, based on where they are at. So we have specialized programs depending upon where people are in their age. And it sounds really, really good. And there's been a lot of fruit. But just because there's been fruit in a particular ministry or way of doing things doesn't necessarily justify the means. Mm-hmm. Because God is so wonderful to work through all sorts of means and all I mean, all sorts of broken systems and broken people. But we always need to be thinking, is this the most biblical way? Because what I, I think I've seen and experienced growing up, and I think this is evident in youth ministry across the board and, and the way that... Um, even some of the ways that I grew up, is that for the first 18 years of a person's life in a local church, everything we do is to cater to their needs, cognitively, spiritually. We want them to have a good time, all this kind of stuff. They graduate high school, and all of a sudden the message becomes, hey, this isn't about you. Uh, You really need to serve here and dive in here. And for 18 years, though, the modus operandi of the church has been to show them it is actually about you. That we we are kind of bending over backwards here to make sure you have a good time and make sure you fall in love with the church. Mm-hmm. And we have at least, like I said, all these doomsday statistics and people are asking, why are millennials leaving the church? And why are all this kind of stuff? And the easy answer to that is younger people leave the church because they were never actually a part of the church. They were never actually converted. And that's the reason people leave is because they're not actually of us. And so I think if we kind of ask the question, what is biblical, and then look back into history, we can kind of get some answers. Because, okay, historically, youth ministry started at the dawn of adolescence. And in the history of the world, adolescence is not really a thing. There's childhood to adulthood. You went from being in your parents' home to working, working in the field or working in a home. That's There wasn't a season of teenage culture. Yeah. And then with the invention of the car, Thank you, Henry Ford, or whoever invented the car, and popularized the car. Adolescence, there was a season of of time where there began to be a high school culture, and thanks public education system, there would be high school culture, and then all of a sudden, throughout dotted throughout the Midwest and then through the West Coast, there's these places called teen towns that started up, and so teen towns in Southern Illinois, Marion had one, Heron had one. Uh, West Frankfurt had one. They're all over the place where there were safe environments for kids to hang out. Well, churches then in the 40s and 50s began to develop youth ministry. And then we kind of follow it along and youth ministry grew and grew and grew. But at the exact same time, youth ministry is exploding. We see churches declining. And, And I think that we really need to ask some hard questions just because we all grew up and a majority of people now, even in their 60s and 70s, are a part of churches, have all been a part of churches their entire life, that the emphasis has been on youth, teens, or youth ministry, college ministry, has been a part of their churches. And now I think it's I think it's just really hard to think in a different way. It's just like a default way to think. But I think the ecclesiology question is is really important. You know, what what is the church? You know, what what are we actually doing? And if we have teenagers who get really excited about uh, youth ministry, but then the parents who are were anticipating believers, if the parents are just at the church just to get their kids in youth ministry, I think we have a major problem because what's going to be replicated most likely is one day those kids 
who have parents who want them in youth, youth ministry, but they're just tolerating their church. They're just at least, but at least they got their kids in church. Most likely what's going to be replicated is another generation of kids who just tolerate church and want to get their kids in church one day mm-hmm. when they have kids. So if we get students, unconverted students, to fall in love with youth ministry, but not fall in love with Jesus and actually be converted and fall in love with Jesus' bride, then that's not a win. It's a, it's a, it's fundamentally an ecclesiology question, just like you said. It's we, we don't want to create two churches within a church. Yeah. But you know, somebody and I know you know Tim Bueller. I mean, Tim, I was really grilling him one day several years ago about youth ministry. It's like, man, youth ministry doesn't work. Why should we? Why do we? Why are we even doing it? And he really helped me understand. He's like, Jared, I can't give you statistics, and I can't give you like, a, a, I can't give you a big, you know, percentage of students where the youth ministry that I've been a part of is is you know really blowing these other youth ministries out of the water. But I can give you names of students that I've personally discipled. Mm-hmm. And that really, it just kind of hit me square in the eyes of, okay, wait, now, now that's something that I like. So I think that if it was with this family equipping model, it's like we, we can get the parents being the primary disciplers. And then if we can, as pastors and then other people in the church, also take seriously pouring into the students that are at the church, that are a part of our church, Hopefully, by God's grace, this big rudder, this big machine that is youth ministry, that is specialized ministries for everything, hopefully we can kind of redirect it and say, well, well maybe just because that's the way things have been the last 80 years or 100 years, maybe maybe that isn't the most biblical way. Yeah. You know? So I think what we want to encourage with our students is participation in the church from, from a very young age. Mm-hmm. You know, from when they can begin to comprehend with actually being, you know, even at a basic level, what's being preached on Sunday mornings, you know, us, you know, we, we believe that will be around, um, you know, five years old, around kindergarten age, that, mm-hmm. that some of those things can start to hit home. But even from a young age, participation in, in worship with, with parents on Sunday mornings and then in, you know, in small groups with, with parents mm-hmm. on, uh, throughout the week, uh, gathering with, with other people, not on, not only of their own age, but older adults who can who can also pour into them, yeah. and to we want to see connection, intergenerational mm-hmm. connection through the church. We don't want to silo people off into different ages and interests. Yeah. We want to uh, we want to come together as as a church, and and have people learn from one another and have people connect with people who are are not exactly like them. And the, okay, this is this is so hard because it, it's every impulse within a parent within parents with young children. Every imp- it's going to be there, I promise. And we're really giving this a shot. I mean, our elders and pastors and people at our church, we really are giving this a shot. And for you know, families that are a part of the church, part of Christ Church, you know, it's it's going to feel hard sometimes when we don't have the same kind of programs that some other churches do. And we look at these other churches, and God's actually doing a work there. Praise God. Yes. And we don't want to say that God isn't doing work. But we're trying something different here, and we're trying to be as faithful as we can to the Scriptures, and we're trying to build something by the grace of God that's going to be multi-generational. We, we don't want our kids to really like going to church for 18 years and then leave the church when they're 19 years old. That is not a win at all. And so I'm really okay if my, my sons are bored for a few years, if they're bored going to church, you know, hey, son, we're going to church. No, no, I don't want to. I'm really okay with that. It's just, I am. I'm okay with that. And I'm trusting that in time, God will get a hold of his heart. And then I'm praying that he's some of the, amongst the next leaders of our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be amazing 
if God would call one of my sons into pastoral ministry, and he became my my pastor, yeah. one of my co-laborers yeah. at the church. Be and, awesome. And what this doesn't mean is a lack of intentionality on speaking to different age groups, especially on the Sunday morning. We wanted to continually grow and being able to speak to uh, people through the sermon uh, of all ages. And we want to be intentional in reaching out to people. We, don't, we never just want to say, oh, they'll, they'll get it eventually and yeah. just continue to speak in such a way that they'll, they won't understand. We want to make sure that we're connecting with folks. And, mm-hmm. you know, even eventually having a point person who can, who can make sure that nobody is falling through the cracks, you know. I don't think that it, this necessarily precludes that there would be a, a pastor or somebody who could be able to... to take on the task of coordinating right. efforts to reach out to younger folks. And like youth trips, Super Bowl parties, like yeah. these are things that are good. These aren't things that we're saying, you know, hey, we'll never do this. Those are good things. Yeah, absolutely. They they, they, they build that camaraderie and that mm-hmm. and that fellowship. And so we're we're not anti events. We're not anti um, having fun. What we are about though is not not cordoning off yeah. our our students as if they as if we have nothing for them. Yeah. On the and, and I think here's we really want to equip families. That's the deal. We, healthy families equal healthy churches. And fathers in particular, we, we want to plead with you to take responsibility in your home to shepherd them. You will know your child, and we want you to know your child better than we ever will. Yeah. But that's the thing. Yes, sometimes you're going to need an outlet, somebody to be able to pray with. I hope that one day my boys feel comfortable enough to go and talk to and pray with Andy and say, hey, Andy, Pastor Andy, I really need some help. Will you please pray with me about this particular thing? I want that sort of thing. But I never want Andy to know my sons more than I know my sons. Yeah. And and so I think that's, you know, I think that's what we're hoping for. And we want to equip you. Like may, maybe in the next episode we can talk about some resources and things that would be helpful for families to be equipped to be able to do this. I mean, you can disciple your kid. You really can. It's not rocket science. Yeah. We want to come alongside you and, and to and to help you as best we can to disciple your own kids. Yeah. Um, so we this is this is what we're about. We're about equipping families as best we can to That's disciple good. their own kids. And you know we're we're excited to see how this how this works out because this is what we believe is most biblical. Yeah. Yep, that's good stuff. Hey, we're at 18 and a half minutes. Why don't we call it? And we'll talk, uh, maybe we can talk, let's do that. We'll just say that. We'll talk family resources next next week. And let us know what you think about these. I hope these are, have been helpful. It's just right in the same stream. You know that on iTunes. Leave a review or a rating if you're a part of our church and let us know uh, if this has been helpful. We certainly want to uh, equip you as we're doing this. So we love you. Any last words? Andy? Okay. <laughs> Sometimes Andy gets microphone fright and freezes up. I just don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't ever freeze up, but Andy sometimes. You can I, add something I, in, something rad in later. I just I see Andy sometimes. I'll ask him, and he's just like, uh, deer, uh, deer in a headlight, yeah. basically. <laughs> Anyways, hope you guys have a great rest of your week.